You are listening to the official Acts 2 podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.acts2orlando.com. Wow. That was, that was quite the introduction. I didn't even have to tell them to do that or give them anything to say. Thank you very much. Danielle is in the nursery today back there with all the little babies, including ours. We have a um, two-year-old, almost two-year-old son. He'll be two in May, hard to believe. And he's the one with all the curls. We've yet to cut his hair. Um, Danielle, I told her she can do that whenever she wants to. So we'll see how long that takes. But um, we do, we get to hang out with the youth all the time. We love it. There's a couple of them in here this morning, two right here, one over there. And um, we love it. It's fantastic. Just to let you know what we've been um, going through the past several weeks, we started this year with really going after some emotional health in our lives, going after what is the truth. And here's what we did. How much access do people get to have to your heart, right? As teenagers, everybody wants access to your heart, your friends, the advertisements. Everything's geared towards that market because if they can get you hooked in at that age, then they can keep you for the rest of your life. And so we went after that and we used the example of, you know, a park, the sidewalk, your front yard, the porch, the living room, the kitchen, the bedroom, and then the closet with Jesus. And all those different levels or different places that people get to have access to your heart. And it was just so incredible to see. We had kids that came just for those four weeks and every week brought back their notes from the week before and we're taking notes on it. And so we were really able to see a lot of change and growth through that. And then last week we talked about, oh, two weeks ago we talked about dreams, sleeping dreams, and um, what they can mean and what they can represent. And that was awesome. And then last week we started talking about dreams, your awake dreams. And um, we had to clarify between the two because it got a little confusing. But we were able to really dive in and say, what are you dreaming about for your life? What are you dreaming about for yourself? Where do you see yourself going? What do you see yourself going after? And then tonight we have Lisa Purdy's going to come and really bring that home and hammer that home for us. So we're very excited about that. We do meet here on Sunday night, 6 to 8 p.m. So there's, a, um, there's what we've been doing. It's been really good. And before I go on, how many in the room know Jay Hofstetter and his family? He's right over here. And in two weeks, he'll be back with his whole family to stay. We got ripped off. We had nine or ten months away from them, but they're moving back, and we're very excited to have them back. And so, um, yeah, we're excited about that, excited about Jay and everything his family means to us and um, means to me personally. So welcome back. He's here this week, goes home for a week, then comes back for good. So we're excited about that. No more Ohio for them. Um, so this past week, yes, <laughs> this um, past week, Danielle and I celebrated our fifth wedding anniversary. I look back and I'm like, I cannot believe it's been five years. And everybody says, just wait, time speeds up. And I believe it. I can really believe that. We went, um, we had our first night away from Everett, our son, and I know he's almost two and it was our first night away, but whatever, that's what we did, so... <laughs> We're learning, right? Um, had our first night away from him. We went to and then spent the day at a spa. And I like to get pampered, all right? Massages are my thing. 
And um, I love them. <laughs> and uh, there's a, an individual in the church that does them, and she's fantastic and amazing. But um, yeah, anyways, we were there for the day getting pampered. And how many of you in the room have ever had a facial? All right, any guys in the room that have ever had a facial? Okay, good, one. You can relate to me. So I went into this thing thinking, this is going to be awesome. They're just going to rub my face for however long, you know, and rub my head. No. No, 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 no. They do this thing called extraction. And the person that was doing it, she looked at me and she said, um, during, during, during the middle of it, she goes, are you doing okay? And I'm like, yes, I'm fine. And I have like tears running down my face, but there's something over my face so she can't see it. She goes, oh, good, you are so strong. Most of the men, this is so painful for them. And the women just sleep through it. <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm like just sucking it up. And at the end, I'm like, I don't care what my face looks like. That ain't happening again. <laughs> so for all you guys in the room that have ever been interested in getting a facial, don't go. Unless you just want to have pain on your face. I don't know what she used, but it felt like it was like a shovel just digging on my face. So, um, yeah, anyways, <laughs> where was I this morning? We, um, we had a great time away, a great time together. And over the past uh, several weeks and months, we've really been talking about a lot with ourselves and with our family. And really just what are we doing as a family that's making a difference in other places? And so I want to kind of speak to that this morning. We're going to be hanging out in Mark chapter 4. But um, before we get there, there's something that I've realized and noticed in the past. And it's this whole drive-through mentality that we as Americans have adopted. And that we as Americans have said, this is what we do. We drive through. We like things quick. We like to get them done, right? There's a movie that my son absolutely loves, and it's called Cars. And to be honest, I really like it too. So it works out really well. But at one point during that movie, they sit there and they say this. People used to drive on the road to have a good time. Now they drive on the road to make good time. And we've translated that into our everyday life. We used to do things to have a good time. And now we simply do them to try to make good time. And I've really noticed that over the past and then in the church, especially. We bring that same mentality in the church of, hey, I want this. I want what I can get. I want it quick and I want to get out. Right? We want to come in, get our fill, and go out. And this whole mentality that we have really robs us of everything that God wants to have for us. Because it's all about fill me up quick and get me out. And that's not what it's about. That's not what God wants for us, and that's not how the church was meant to be and meant to be set up. And so with that being said, we're going to jump into a parable here in just a second, but it's the parable of the sower. How many of you have heard a message on that before? I've preached a message on it before. It's completely different from this one. But I, um, parables are so interesting to me. As I read them, sometimes I'm like, what is he saying? And then, you know, other times it's like it just jumps right off the page at me. And so I was doing some just digging around on this and just really looking at, you know, parables and what they mean and what they represent, why Jesus spoke in them, you know. And so I found this, and I thought it was just really cool. And I think it applies to all of Scripture, Okay. So here we go. A parable begins innocently as a picture that arrests our attention and arouses our interest. Is that right? We hear these stories and it all of a sudden begins to pique our interest and we become engaged in what Jesus is saying, right? We communicate well, we hear well, we listen well, and we focus well with stories. 
If I were to get up here and just read a list of things to you all morning long, you would not have a clue what I said at the end. But if I share stories with you, you're going to grasp onto those. Same thing with Scripture, same thing with Jesus, same thing with what he did. And so, but as we study the picture, all right, the picture that Jesus is painting for us, but as we study that picture, it becomes a mirror in which we suddenly see ourselves, right? As we read these parables, all of a sudden, we're beginning to dive into them. We're beginning to really look at them, and all of a sudden, we're beginning to really relate it back to us. But that's not where it stops, and that's what I love about God. If we continue to look by faith, the mirror becomes a window through which we see God and his truth. And as we read scripture, as we read parables, as we read everything that God's laid in that book for us, it is alive, right? They're not just words on a page. This is the word that Jesus left for us. This is the word that God has given to us. And as we look at it, as we read it, we have the opportunity to begin to go through it and say, okay, I really want to see this, right? We look at it and we begin to see this picture that's being painted. I'm a very visual person. And so when I read the Bible, I literally picture things, you know? Sometimes I translate it from Jesus was walking by the sea to Jesus was walking in a coffee shop. That's just how it works sometimes, you know? And so if he were here today, where would he be hanging out, you know? In a coffee shop, obviously. <laughs> Craft coffee, especially. So many trends. But, um, and so as we begin to go through this and we begin to look at it, as we continue to look at the Bible, as we continue to look at the words that are on the pages, they become alive because we're looking by faith, right? We're looking by that faith that is within us at what is being said. And then we begin to see the truth that God is revealing through that. So we start off just by reading it, becoming captured by it, and then we get into that point of like reflecting it back, right? We're able to look at it and say, okay, this is happening in my life. This is happening in my life. I can really relate to that. But then when we take it that step further and read it again, and we look at it through that lens of faith and through that lens of life and the life that Jesus is bringing, then the words become to, God begins to reveal the truth through those moments. And so as we go through this this morning, that's what we're doing. We're really diving into this, and we're going to look at what it says. We're going to look at how it can apply to us. We're going to look at the truth that God wants to bring to us. Does that sound good? Who's all about truth? Yes, good. Some of you aren't. That's okay. Later. (laughs) Maybe you will be one day. So um, Mark chapter 4, we're going to hang out there, verses 1 through 9, and that's where we're going to be today. So buckle up. Here we go. If you can, put it up on the screen for me. It's going to be in the English Standard Version on the screen. And so uh, that's what I'm using today. So if it looks a little different from yours, that's why. So, and again, he began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. This is Jesus that we're talking about here. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, all right, here we go, verse 3, listen. When Jesus says, listen, what do you normally do? Good. Yes, I listen. Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Verse 5. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. Verse 6. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Verse 7. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no grain. 
Verse 8. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And this, I love this parable, and I love this, this story that Jesus is presenting. And, you know, part of the reason of parables was Jesus was speaking truth. However, the religious people of the time didn't see the truth that he was speaking. And so at this time, he's really speaking to those people that are hungry for what he's bringing, those people that are hungry for what he has to offer. And so he dives into this, and he's telling us about this parable, all right? And so we all know the, the, the seed here is the word of God, right? The seed here is the word of God. The seed, the word of God fell on, fell on the hard ground. It fell on the, the rocky ground. It fell on the thorns, and then it fell on the fertile soil. And so I want us to look at that this morning, and I want us to, to look at the seeds that are falling in our lives, okay? And the different soils are going to represent our heart this morning, okay? And I think this is something that God really has been speaking through Andrew here the past several months about emotional health and this place that we come from within, right? It's easy to walk in here on a Sunday morning and say, I'm doing great, (laughs) right? And last week, Andrew said, you know, why don't we just leave the masks at the door and come in here and be real with each other? And we carry that into here. We carry that into church. We carry it into the places we go, and then we leave here, and we're a mess, We're falling apart inside. And so when the truth comes to us, it comes through different lenses, right? And where the seed, the word of God lands is going to land on a different type of soil in your heart, which is going to translate into what you're receiving from it. All right. So let's, with that in mind, let's go through this again. Okay. I'm just going to pick out a couple different things here. Actually, I'm just going to go through it all. But um, the first one, all right, and so as he sowed, it's verse four. As he sowed, some seed fell along the path and the birds came and devoured it. All right, so right here, how many of you have ever walked on a path that was well-worn? Has anyone done that? What is that ground? Is it typically hard or soft? Hard, right? Maybe not here. It's like all sand, but I'm from North Georgia and we have red clay there. So when you walk on that clay for a while, that stuff gets nice and hard and the sun bakes it, right? And so the very first thing that he's talking about here is the word of God lands on the hard hearts, okay? And we can look at ourselves and many times we can say, my heart's not hard. I have Jesus in my heart. It's very soft, nice and squishy. But there's different areas of our hearts. There's different areas of our lives that we have really began to harden those areas, all right, and so when the word of God is coming to us, the truth that is coming, it falls on those areas of our hearts that are hard, and it doesn't take, right? If I drop a seed right here this morning, I can leave it here. Lori would probably vacuum it, but um, I could leave it here for six months, and it's not going to do a darn thing because there's nothing for it to grab hold of and nothing for it to sink into. And I feel like we do that sometimes with the words that come at us, with the truth that God reveals to us. I know back when I was younger, I I would be struggling with different things at different times. And I would allow those areas of my heart to become really hard, right? I don't want to get hurt. I don't want this coming in. And so when I would read the scriptures and it would challenge that right there, I would just let it fall on that hard spot and then just kind of die and go away because I didn't want to deal with that. 
I didn't want that truth sinking in at the time because I was protecting what was there. And so this, the reason that our hearts can become hard many times is um, from too many people walking on it. Our hearts can become hard from too many people walking on our hearts. And just like what we talked about with the youth, we give people access to certain levels of our hearts. We give the people around us, we give um, spouses, they get all of your hearts. But anyways, we give all these people different access to our hearts, okay? And it may not be just like in a personal relationship, podcast, internet, YouTube, TV, media. It's all about wanting your heart, right? Because what's in your head is just knowledge, but what's in your heart is where life comes from. And so they're constantly going after this and constantly plugging at our hearts, trying to take hold there. And we have opened it up and allowed people to trample across it. And it becomes very, very hard in those times. We've opened our hearts up to all kinds of influences that then speak into that area, that then become to callous that area. You know, I've played guitar in the past. I can play like five or six chords. And, oh yeah. And um, as I continue to play, you know, at first it's like my fingers are bleeding. I just want to break this guitar in half. And then, but after a month or so, my fingertips would get really hard right across through here because they become very calloused, right? Because that area has been worked really hard. And what God wants to do is he wants to come in and he wants the entirety of our heart to be that fertile soil. And as I was really just praying through this, there's a couple of different things that I can really see on reasons why our hearts can become hard, even towards God and towards what God is doing and towards his truth. One of them is we've had a negative influence with a male figure in our life. And I think this is a big one. It could be a a spouse. It could have been a, a past friend, a past boyfriend. It could have been your father. And those are the lenses there that we begin to see God through. When his word is coming at us while we're reading his word and it's coming alive to us, we're like, no, that's not true because this happened to me. And so then we dive into those areas of our hearts where it hurts, those areas of our hearts where it's hard. And we say, no, it's hard. It's not getting in. I've shut it off. And we have to begin to get to the point to where we can begin to release that, begin to release those areas of hurt to him. Why? Because you're never meant to carry it, right? You're not meant to carry that pain. You're not meant to carry that. And then the influences that have come at us in the past, whatever it may be, there's a lot of things that can attach to those. You can have shame, guilt, um, hurt, yeah? And then, you know, there's people who have been burned by the church who say, my heart is shut off to this whole Christianity thing because I've been burned by Christians. But let me tell you this, Christians are people, right? People make mistakes. People screw up. And if you're one of those that has been burned by Christians before, I'm sorry. But the living God is more than that. It's more than the people, right? We are the people. We are the ones that have the opportunity to represent him wherever we go. But many times there's people who screw that up. And I'm sorry if that's happened to you. I'm sorry if the church has burned you. I'm sorry if a Christian has burned you in the past. But the love of the Father is bigger than that. And there are more Christians out there that are living for him than there are that aren't. There's more people who are bringing the truth than there are the ones that are hurting. But we remember so many times the ones that hurt us. 
And so I want us this morning just to begin to think about that, begin to find those areas in our hearts. I could probably just stay on this one. This could be four-week sermon. I told Andrew, he asked me, this is a rabbit trail, but he asked me yesterday, do you have everything you need for tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, the only problem is I think I have two messages. So I need two hours with an intermission. And he said, great, I'll run concession stands. So, <laughs> but don't worry, we're not going to do that. My wife's in the nursery, so... <laughs> It's a ticking clock. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, we begin to look at ourselves, okay? And as we're going through these different things, I want you to identify the areas that relate to you, okay? Um, it could be like, oh, yes, my heart is very hard. I don't have to listen to anything else. That's not true. <laughs> we have different areas of our lives that we find ourselves in different places. And I think that God has truth that he wants to bring in and freedom that he wants to bring in for everyone in all of these places this morning. So... Yeah, the hard heart. It's something that God's word, this book, is truth, right? I remember reading it in the past and hurting while reading it because I'm like, okay, I know I'm going through this right now and God says not to do this. So now I just feel like a gigantic guilt bomb has been dropped on me. But here's the deal. Sometimes when we feel that, when we begin to feel that guilt, we can really just say, okay, this is a counterfeit to what God's trying to reveal to me. When my son does something that he shouldn't do, I don't sit there and call him names and point at him and tell him you did this wrong, this wrong, this wrong. You know, unfortunately, many of us grew up with that. I didn't, but I know many people did. But here's what God does. He wants to get down there with you, right in your face, just like I try to do with him. and be like, hey, buddy, listen, I saw what you wanted to do there, and that's not what is good for you. It's about preserving that relationship with you. It's about maintaining that connection and that intimacy with you. And even through the word as it comes at us, we have the opportunity to receive it with arms wide open. But those areas that it falls on our hearts that are hard, then it's falling on that soil where it's not going to produce anything. And let me tell you this. If you're afraid of what God can do in your life sometimes, good. Buckle up and watch what happens when he does. There was a, um, I really felt like somewhere inside of me that I was supposed to be in ministry in some form or fashion in my life. And for so long, I shoved it down. And so when people would come at me and be like, hey, you're really going to be doing this one day, I'd be like, oh, okay, no. And, um, and so that area of my heart, I really hardened. But then as soon as I released it and I said, okay, God, I'm giving it to you. This area of my heart that has become hard, I want it to be that fertile soil that you have for me. And I stepped into that that he had called me to do. And man, the freedom that came through that, the revelation that came through that, and the joy that came through that was indescribable. I remember it. Like, it was at winter retreat when I was a student. So we've talked about that. We take our students there still. When I was a student, I was sitting to the right of the stage on the front and saying yes to what God had called me to do. And so that area of my heart that I had hardened, now his word was beginning to fall into and could bear fruit afterwards. The next one in verse um, five, other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have as much soil and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. This is the shallow heart. Why? Because it's sitting in the gravel, right? 
as it's talking about here, it's sitting in the gravel. All right, we have this thing in, in youth ministry. When I was in youth, that I heard it a lot, and I still continue to hear it a lot, and it's called the two-week turnaround. And it's what we all fight against so hard as youth leaders. And it's this right here. We go to a retreat. It's in this environment that just, you know, it's so focused on worship. It's so focused on encountering God for two, three, four days. And then we're so on fire and pumped up for God. We've heard so much truth and it's been so good. And then we go back home and it's back into reality. And then two weeks later, all that fire that you had there has withered away. And we fight against that in youth ministry so hard because what we want is for things that hit you to last, things that hit you to stick. That's why we always are saying, okay, here, listen to God. What is he saying to you? Because that you cannot take away. All right. And so, but what's happening here at these retreats with teenagers, they come into this environment where it's so focused on what is God doing? I can feel him. I can sense his presence. I see him here. Man, he's teaching so much good stuff to me. But if we don't take that home and then begin to dive into it more, then it stays in that shallow place. Right? It stays in that shallow place. If you come into church on a Sunday morning and you hear good truth and you hold on to it and that's where it stops, it's going to dry up and it's going to wither away because it doesn't have any more depth than that. We hear so many amazing things from up here. All the speakers that come in here are just amazing and do such a beautiful job of bringing truth and revelation and what God's doing and what God's saying. But if we stop on a Sunday morning with what we hear, when we stop with what we read one time in the Bible and we don't take it any further, we're missing out on the fullness that God has for us in that moment. I listen to podcast a lot. Now listen to the Bethel Church one because I like all those guys. And they'll sit there and I'll just like take notes like Revelation, boom, 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 boom. But if I just leave it sitting there on my pen or on my phone, it's not doing any good. I take the truth that's presented to me if I take it and then I go, okay, God, what do you have in this for me? What is there to this? What else is there? Then we go from that place of living with a shallow heart to that place of depth. You know, I feel like for a long time I lived in a very shallow place with my heart. And it's because there was some stuff in there that I needed to work out and get out to allow things to go deeper in my heart. And, you know, we can become very surface at that point to where things look great in the temporary. Things look great in the moment. But those truths that we feel like we've heard seem to wither and fade away. And then we look back and say, why didn't it stick, God? Why didn't it stick? And it's because he wants us to be able to take the, um, the truth that we hear. He wants us to be able to take that and then begin to dive into it on our own. And it's not so that we form our own opinions. It's not so that we form our own thoughts. It's so that we get to spend time in relationship with God. With Danielle and I, we'll say things to each other sometimes. They'll be like, hey, I really feel this. You know, I really feel like, you know, a couple of years ago, I really feel like we need to move. Right? I, think, I feel like we need another house. We need to move. Transition. And if that conversation had stopped right there, we were both excited. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And that conversation stops right there. And that's as far as that conversation goes. Now, all of a sudden, we're a year later and we're like, oh, we said we needed to move. Why hasn't it happened yet? 
because we haven't dug into that. We haven't gone in to see what does this have for us? What does this actually look like? And the same truth for us as a couple, when we hear truth from God, we sit down and we dive into it together. Why? Because we want to know the depth of what God has for us. We don't care about the flash in the pan, but we want the depth that's going to last for a very, very long time. All right? And that's what God wants for us. He wants when the words, when the seeds are coming at us, and even if they do hit in that shallow spot, he wants to say, okay, listen, here's what you need to do. You need to take all those rocks, pick them up and move them, and let it sink down into the depths of your heart and into the depths of your soul, because that's where the truth takes root and grabs on. And it's so cool when that begins to happen. It's so cool when you begin to see the truth that comes from those moments of when the truth comes at you, when the word comes at you, when the word jumps off the page at you, and you begin to dive into it and let it take root into your heart. You begin to see the truth in a new light. Why? Because the lens that you've been looking through of that shallowness has been removed, and now you get to see the depth of what God has for you. I think that's such a fun place to be in when you begin to take that. Um, I think it's fun even when you begin to realize these things, okay? When you begin to realize I had a hard heart, it's like, okay. For me, I'm like a person that's like, okay, this, 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 this. And that's just kind of how I operate. So it's like, okay, if I have a hard heart, all right, so now I know I've identified the problem. Now let's work the problem out. <laughs> and so for me, when something comes up and it comes out, even if it hurts, I'm able to identify that and go, okay, this is good because I know what's on the other side is great. And if we think about it, you know, we're living in glory, right? We're all living in glory right now. But as we step into more and more freedom and we begin to allow all full access of our hearts to be opened, then we are transformed into even more glory and more glory and more glory, which means we're beginning to see and watch the fullness of God become more in our life. When we accept Jesus, when we step into that relationship with him, we we get all of him. That's awesome. We get all of him at that moment. We get all of the Holy Spirit. We get all of Jesus at that moment. But it's just like a relationship with anyone else. I mean, it's not, but in a relationship sense, as you begin to spend time with them, you begin to learn more about them. You begin to learn more about their characteristics. You get to learn more about their strengths. You get to pull on them and rely on them. I went through every bit of this with Danielle last night, and she really helped me and spoke to some stuff in there. Why? Because we're connected, and we're in that relationship together, and she can bring depth in the areas that I can't. And, and when we do this with God and we step into that, all of a sudden we're beginning to receive more of Him because we're beginning to see Him in a new way. We're beginning to see the truth that he has for us. And so this parable here is talking about the word of God being sown. And many times we can look at that as us doing it externally. Some places that it falls out on hard ground and goes away and all that stuff. But the truth is the word of the Lord never perishes. It lives forever. And so, but I think it's important that we look at our hearts as the starting place for all of it. I know I said that earlier, but I wanted to say it again just to remind you. So um, the next one that we're going to talk about is uh, verse 7. And it says, Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. This is the crowded heart. How many of you feel like sometimes you have a crowded heart? I've been there. I've been there like, I feel like my heart right now is just very crowded. (laughs) There's a lot in there right now, and I just can't seem to get it all straight. 
And, you know, some things can represent thorns and weeds and all that different stuff. But if we really take a step back and look at it, what is crowding our heart that's leaving no room for God and his word to sink in and take root into my heart and the truth that he has for me? How many of you feel like you can look at that and be like, okay, there may be some places where it's gotten a little crowded and God can't really let his roots sink in deep in those areas? Just me? Okay, okay, good, a couple more. All right, great. Um, yeah, and so I think it's important sometimes to take the step back and look at the other things that are in our garden, in the garden of our heart. What is there? Is there tomatoes and peppers and green beans? And that's all the vegetables I know, <laughs> evidently. Squash, acorns. Acorns? <laughs> uh, not acorns. Um, what is it? Not... There is acorn squash. That's what I was thinking. Okra. Thank you. Yes. I have, I have acorns in my yard all over the place. And little trees grow, and then I cut them all down because I can't have a yard. That they can't grow in my house. So, but yes, acorns, okra. That's, that's the one I was looking for. But um, even in those gardens, we had a garden back at home in Georgia when I was growing up. And it was like, it was probably 10 feet by three feet, so 30 square feet. And in it, we had some green beans, some peppers, some squash, some okra. And um, in that, we had to make sure we kept it pruned, right? We had to make sure we kept stuff out. We had to make sure we kept the weeds out, kept the thorns out, because they'll come up and choke the living life out of everything else that's there. And there's things in our lives that are those things. They may look great at one time, but they're really going to kill everything else that's in there. Or they're going to prevent you from receiving all that God has for you because you have these things that may be good, but they're not great and they're not what God has for you. And so we have to be able to take that step back. And this is so important to do all the time. It's not like it's like it's almost like a self-examining, but it's really just a, okay, God, what's going on in my heart right now? What do you have to say about my heart right now? (laughs) What's going on in my heart right now? I imagine that's my son going knock, 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 knock. He, he does that at home on his crib, on the walls, everything. Um, it's his favorite thing to do. But we find ourselves in those places where we can have that crowded heart. And God really wants to come in there and he wants to say, okay, let's get rid of some of the weeds. Let's get rid of some of the stuff that's really holding us back. And let's step into the fullness. I keep saying that, but it's so true. We're continuing to step into that, right? We're continuing to step into the fullness of God because it's continual renewing of the mind. And so he continues to reveal new things to us. And so we have to be able to realize, okay, I can't have the hard heart. I can't have the shallow heart. And I can't have the crowded heart if I really want to receive the fullness that God has for me. And so the last one is the fruitful heart. This is where we want to be, and this is where we want to find ourselves living. Verse 8, it says this, And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And then Jesus said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear what he said. And so we look at ourselves, and then we can begin to see, okay, do I have that fertile soil in my heart? Do I have that place that when the seeds land, that they produce fruit? And here's the fun part about agriculture, growth, acorns, all that fun stuff. When one begins to grow, when one begins to thrive, what usually comes off? Fruit and seeds. 
And then those seeds come and then they come into that soil that's still very good and very fertile. What begins to happen then? More. So that's how this whole 30, 60, 100-fold things works is that we begin to say, okay, I've identified, I realize in my heart that I've had that, that path that has just been worn out, that path that has just become hard. And I can begin to release that. And then I can begin to have this fertile soil or that place of shallowness in my heart. And I can begin to dig in and say, okay, why is it shallow? What is it that's really keeping God from getting to the root of what's there and putting his roots in? And then the crowded heart, what all's in there? What all's going on? I need to be able to focus on him. It all comes back to the person of Jesus, right? I mean, that's one of the, the most basic truths that we can realize is it all comes back to the person of Jesus and from that everything comes out. And so as we begin to walk in this area of having a fruitful heart and having that place where we begin to find the seeds, it may for some people it can be hard sometimes to really identify what those areas are. We can find ourselves in a place to where it's like, I don't really know if I have an area in my heart that's good right now. <laughs> but one of the best ways to identify What's going on in your heart is look at the fruit that's coming out. There's bad fruit. There's fruit that's poisonous, you know? And so you begin to look at that and really ask God, okay, what is it that's going out? What kind of fruit am I producing in life? What kind of fruit is coming out of me? When the seeds hit the soil, what does it produce? Does it die, fade, wither away, dry up? in the sun? Do the birds come and take it? Or does it grow for just a minute, but since there's no substance to it and no depth to it because we just heard a great word, latched onto it, and didn't take it any further than that? Or is it hitting a heart saying, yes, I want to receive all that you have for me, Jesus. I want to receive the fullness of you. When I read the passage that said you wept, Jesus, what did you feel in that moment? Why did you weep? What was going on in your heart? You can pick up commentaries and read them all day long about what other people have studied and think, or you can just simply ask Jesus, what was going on in this time? You can begin to step into that place of him, that that, uh, relationship with him, and sit there and say, okay, God, what are you saying about this right now? I have stuff that goes on with me sometimes, and I'll sit there, and I would shared a bunch of it with Andrew once, and he said, all right, well, when that comes back to you, Sit there and say, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you saying about this? Because now we're stepping into that place of fertile soil. Now we're stepping into that place of when the truth that God mentions, when the truth that God brings into that moment, now it's going to take root. When before you're focused on what's happening, for me, then it was anxiety. I would start feeling very anxious. And if you have ever struggled with that, once you start feeling anxious, then you feel anxious about feeling anxious. And it just goes, 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 goes until all of a sudden you like, Oh gosh, what's going on? And for me, that's Danielle saying, okay, let's breathe. I'm like, okay, I got this. But when I was sharing that with Andrew back in the fall sometime, he said, when you begin to feel that, why don't you sit there and ask, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you saying about this now? And that takes me from the place of a hard heart or the crowded heart or the shallow heart. And it brings me into that place of that open heart to what he has to say. And in that moment, I can begin to hear the truth. I can begin to hear the revelation that he's going to bring to me. When I'm simply asking him, what do you have to say about this? What do you have to say? And so today, you'll all get to go home, and you can sit there and say, okay, God, what do you have to say about this? 
What do you have to say about this? In what areas of my life do I have a hard heart? And so forth. And it's about communication. It's about connection. It's about relationship. And what it's not about is coming, flying into something, getting it in the drive-thru and taking off and continuing on your way. It's not about going to try to make good time. And it's more about let's have a good time. How many of you have ever sat in the presence of God and you didn't really hear anything for the first 10 minutes? 20 minutes? 30 minutes? An hour? I mean, we can do that. We can sit there, and sometimes it takes like three hours before you hear anything. But even if you don't hear anything, guess what? You are sitting in the presence of God. But it's that thing of we have the opportunity just to sit with him and say, okay, I don't want this just flash-in-the-pan revelation, Jesus. I want the truth that you have to bring to me right now, and I want to search into that, and I want to find the depths of it, and I want it to take root into my heart so that it can bear fruit upwards. And that's the place that once we begin to step into that, we begin to see true transformation in our lives and true transformed hearts. And that's what's so awesome. And we begin to see that and we begin to step into that is that's what we're all about here. We are not about behavioral modification. We're not going to come up here and hear messages about we need to modify this in our behavior because that's just going to land in that little shallow area. And you're going to be like, okay, great, I can modify my behavior. And I can do that for a week or so, but then all of a sudden you slip back into the old patterns. What we're after is spiritual transformation. And that all begins in the heart. If you try to make that transformation happen in your head, you're just thinking a whole lot, right? And then you have this disconnect between your head and your heart, which where does Jesus live? In your heart. So if you want to have access to that, you've got to make that connection happen and live out of the place of here where it comes up and out there. And so Jesus wants us, first of all, he does want us to sow seeds where we go, but he also wants us to be able to receive the seeds that are sown onto us. He wants us to be able to receive that. Why? Because he has us together for a reason. You know, when we come here on a Sunday morning, if you hear truth from me this morning, or if you hear truth from Andrew, or if God reveals a truth during ministry time, or through worship, or when you walk through the door, you hear this truth, now all of a sudden we get to be a part of spurring each other on, right? And then it's our responsibility to take the truth that we've heard and dive into it, because then it's going to begin to take root. Then it's going to begin to take depth into our hearts and into that soil that we have, so... I think it's so cool to look at that. I got some more, but that's message two, so we won't do that today. Um, But yeah, I think it's important that we look at how things are being sown into our heart, and then it's also important to look at where we're sowing our our own heart, what we're doing with the seed that we have. On Friday nights, the Orlando School of Supernatural Ministry, they go out on the streets, and they are ministering to people. They do it under the guise of... um, spiritual readings but what they're doing is they're saying well they don't tell them this up front but it's like hey come let us read your spiritualness and um let us do a spiritual reading on you and then the people come up and they'll sit there and you know people it's the kind of the bar scene downtown and everything so people come up and they'll treat it as a joke and then they're sitting there and they're saying okay god what do you have to say to this person now then they bring the truth and then they bring the truth right? They prophesy over them, which simply means they bring the truth to them, right? And then they bring the truth of this is all from Jesus, and he cares about you, and he loves you. So they are sowing those seeds doing that. So we get to look at ourselves and say, where are we sowing? How are we sowing? What are we sowing? And that was message two, so I'll have to stop there. But um, today, I want us just to, um, I want us to take a minute 
and you can stay seated. And um, we're just going to take a minute, and we're just going to really ask God, we're going to ask Holy Spirit to reveal to us, one, any areas of our hearts that we've really hardened, any areas of our hearts that have been hurt, any areas of our heart that we've let other people trample over, and we want them to begin to identify that. And then we're going to ask him about the shallow heart. And what areas of my heart have I just been super shallow? Because I really haven't wanted to dive in and have the depth take place there. And then what areas of my heart have just been way too crowded? And then the fun one, God, what areas of my heart have been fruitful? What is some of the fruit that I've been producing? Even if you haven't seen it, you have been. So let's just take a minute. We're just going to sit in his presence and we're just going to ask him those questions. So God, right now, Holy Spirit, come. Right now, just reveal any areas of our hearts that we have hardened. Reveal any of those areas of our hearts where your truth, where your seed has landed on our hearts and it's simply gone and withered away because it's been hardened. Reveal that right now, Father. All right, God, now, Holy Spirit, just show us any places where we just have had a shallow heart and show us what depth looks like. Holy Spirit, any areas of our heart that have been crowded, right now reveal that to us and begin to start pulling the weeds, begin to start getting rid of the things that have been overbearing, the things that have been crowding that heart, that soil, that place that you want to land. Holy Spirit, right now, show us the areas of our heart that have been fruitful. Show us the areas of our heart where the soil has been ready to receive the goodness that you have for us, the truth that you have for us, the love that you have for us. Show us those areas and then start planting some seeds there. Let's all stand up together. <coughs> Everyone, hold your hands out or whatever you want to do in a posture to receive what God has for you. So right now, Holy Spirit, come. 
Fill this room. Saturate us with your presence. Saturate us with your love. And Father, right now, I just speak to those, the fertile soil in these hearts, God, and I just say, plant your truth. Plant your truth, Father. Plant your truth. Put it there, God. What is the goodness that you want to bring to us individually today? What is the goodness that you want to bring to us corporately today? What is the goodness that you have for us in our families, Father? What is the goodness that you have for us in regards to our health? What is the goodness that you have for us in regards to other relationships, Father? Reveal those truths right now. Holy Spirit, come and bring truth and revelation into those places. Yeah, we just thank you, Father, for your goodness. God, we thank you that you want to sow into our hearts. We thank you that you're just not sitting in heaven asking us to do stuff, but rather this is a two-way relationship where you're pouring into us, where you are planting stuff into us, where you are speaking truth to us, where you are revealing truth to us, where you are healing us, where you're healing our hearts. Father, you're taking that ground that has been hard and you are making it soft. You're taking that area that's been shallow and you're bringing depth. You're taking the area that's been crowded and you're bringing it back to the thing that matters and that is the person of Jesus and what he did for me. And from that, we get to experience all fullness and all the goodness that you have to offer. Yeah. Yeah. We thank you, Jesus, that you're good. I just can't say that enough. We thank you that you're good, Jesus. We thank you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you that the seed, the word, the truth that you bring to us is good. Even in a time when it feels like it may hurt a little, that that word is good and that that word is truth. So right now, Father, just drop a truth bomb in the room on everyone in here. Revelation, revelation fall. Holy Spirit, come. Truth and depth come to what we've heard, what we've felt, and what we've seen. We just thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Acts 2 podcast. Love God, love people, and live life.